Okay. So we are now beginning the third essay in this last section of Tanya, Kuntras Achron, these essays on deep Kabbalistic ideas that we are explaining based on what we learned in the first section of Tanya. So to give some background to understand what we're going to be doing today, in chapters 39 and 40 of Tanya, the original section of this work, the Rebbe spoke of the various worlds where the souls ascend as a result of Torah study and spiritual service. And in each case, the ascension is determined based on the intention of the person during the time of the study of the prayer of the service of God. So if your Torah study, if your prayer, if your commandments were done with a love and an awe generated by contemplating God's greatness, meaning an intellectually created emotion, they rise to the world of Bria, the world of development, because that's a world of comprehension. If your love and awe are instinctive, they rise to a lower world, to the next world, the world of Yitzira, the world of forming, because that's a world of emotion. Now, if you did not have this intent, you did not have this pure intent, either born of a love and awe you intellectually created or a love and awe you naturally have, then what happens? You're studying Torah without feeling anything. You're praying without feeling anything. Where does it go? So the Rebbe explains then that if you truly study Torah, you learn Torah, but you didn't have any godly intent, you didn't have any emotion for God, so it would ascend to the external aspects of the world where the angels abide, not the inner dimension as would happen when you have this pure intent, but to the lower levels within the world itself. So it's still going up, but it's not going to the same dimension within the world, and it's only going to the world of Yitzhir, to the world of forming. It could never ascend to higher than that. And when the Rebbe explained this to us, he quoted Reb Chaim Vital, the great Kabbalist, who says that Torah study that's uninspired by proper intent creates angels in the world of Yitzhira, in the world of forming, in the third world. Commandments without proper intent create angels in the Lobos world, in the world of Asiya, in the world of action. Now, when we're saying here without intent, we don't mean with something negative. We don't mean that they had bad intentions when they were learning or bad intentions when they were giving charity. They just had, like, sometimes happens stuff. Nothing going on in their brain, really. They're learning, but there's nothing spiritual going on in their brain or heart. They're doing the commandment without really thinking or feeling much. So what does this show us? This shows us that when you're doing it right with godly intent, whatever you're doing, your prayer, your study, your service, rises to the inner dimension of either the third world, the world of Yitzhira, the world of forming, or even higher to the second world, the world of breathing, the world of development. And if you're doing it without really intent happening, then it doesn't rise to the inner dimension of the world. It only comes to the external abodes, the abodes of the angels. And the Torah study will go to the third world, the world of Yitzhira, the world of forming. And commandments will go to the lowest world, the fourth world, the world of Asiya, the world of action. But not prayer. Not prayer. If someone prays 
without intent, it's stuck. It doesn't go anywhere. Not only does it not go to the inner dimension of the world, it doesn't go to the outer dimension. It doesn't go to where the angels go. It doesn't rise. It stays stuck in this world. So this is the question this essay develops. Why is it that when, when one studies or prays with proper intent, they both rise the same way to the inner dimension of whatever is the appropriate world, development or forming? But when they both lacked intent to the exact same degree, the Torah study rises to the third world, Yitzira, to the world of forming, to be where the angels are. And the prayer doesn't go anywhere. It stays stuck in this world. So the Rebbe explains here, this is very self-evident actually, that even if you're learning Torah without intent, you're learning. Otherwise we can't call it learning. You're understanding. You're knowledgeable in the Torah you're learning. You're not doing it for God's sake in an overt way. You don't have a manifest love of God in your heart. But there is some natural latent love that every one of us feels, even if we don't feel it. There's something submerged in your heart that's there, you know, some pulse there for God. And you're not doing anything negative. It's not like you're studying for a negative reason, like to aggrandize yourself, for people to give you honor, for people to give you money, for people to give you a job. You're not doing it with negative reasons. You're just saying it. You're a Jew, and you know you're supposed to learn, and you're learning. And you're feeling nothing. You might describe many people's learning. So, in essence, you're learning. You're doing something good. You're not doing something bad. You don't have any bad intentions. So it still rises to the external dimension, only where the angels hang out, to a lower world. But it still goes somewhere because you are learning. But if you pray without anything really spiritual happening in your brain or your heart, which probably means you're spacing out and you have other thoughts in your mind as you're saying the words. But you are praying to God. I mean, that's why you're saying the words. You don't have anything negative in your head. You're not praying because you want to make sure people see that you pray. You're not in synagogue because you want to make sure people see you're in synagogue. You're praying because you're doing, you know, you're supposed to pray, but you're spacey and you're not very spiritual at the moment and you're not very inspired at the moment. So you're not thinking really of God. You're not really feeling a love for God. You might be thinking about very mundane things as your lips are moving and you're turning the pages. But officially you're talking to God. That's why you're praying. So the rabbi says, right now it can't go anywhere because you really didn't do anything. Because prayer is talking to God and your head was really somewhere else. But the rabbi says, it's very easy to correct this. Since again, in essence, nothing negative is happening here. What we need is intention to take all those words that you didn't really feel very much about and infuse them with feelings. So what do we need to do? What you need to do is pray properly. And if you pray properly, all of the prayers you prayed mindlessly and heartlessly will ascend with that prayer, even if we have to gather the prayer piecemeal from all the prayers of an entire year. Today you spaced in for the first three lines of the prayer of Baruch Amar. And yesterday you caught half of the second half of Ashrei. And tomorrow it was the first three lines of Shema. And if over a year we can take a little bit from today and a little bit from this day and a little bit from this day and sew it all together and create one meaningful, true prayer, every single word you said 
mindlessly and meaninglessly, will now rise up on the wings of that true prayer that we gathered from all your prayers over the entire year, which is an amazingly powerful thought. So in a sense, of course, Torah without proper intent is superior to prayer without proper intent because Torah without proper intent, we're saying, creates angels in the world of Yitzhira, in the third world, in the world of forming. And prayer without proper intent stays here. But on the other hand, if one studies Torah in a negative way for like self-aggrandizement or something like that, it's stuck. And it's it's not going anywhere. But prayer, even if you did it without any intent in your heart or your mind, when ultimately you pray properly, even a compilation of different prayers that adds up to one proper prayer, it's elevating all the prayers of the entire year. That's not going to happen with Torah. If tomorrow I study Torah and really feel love and fear of God of an intense degree, it's not going to do anything to my Torah study of today. I need to repent to move my Torah study of today. And if I don't repent, that Torah study is stuck in the exile, in the evil, the klipa of my ulterior motive. But my prayer doesn't have that. That's not my prayer's issue. It just is wingless. So when I eventually do it right, every single meaningless, so to speak, prayer I ever uttered, now ascends as high as the intensity of the intention of this meaningful prayer. But we believe that all Jews will repent. And that's why our sages advise that even if you're not in a very spiritual mode, even if you're not doing it for God's sake, as far as you can see, keep studying, keep doing commandments, keep praying, even if you're doing it for an ulterior motive. Because we know eventually you're going to repent. We know eventually you're going to do it for real. We know eventually all of the things that you did until that point will rise on the repentance or on the true intent of your future accomplishments. 